one is Lacey Skulls from VH1's Rock of Love. And this is Talk of Love, the new podcast. This isn't just reality, this is real life. Hey everyone, it's Lacey motherfucking Skulls, and this is Talk of Love, episode 59. I am excited for today because I am bringing back last week's guest, which was Kevin, and you may know him as Bones from I Love New York season one and I Love Money season two. Last week, we had some time constraints, time constraints, so we cut the episode a little bit short, and uh, we're going to be bringing him back on today to really dive more into his time on I Love New York and I Love Money too. Uh, but before I get to him, I want to let you guys know, in case you haven't seen yet, I have started a new, I guess, spinoff, if you will, from Talk of Love, and I'm calling it Love of Talk. And I have two episodes for that already. And basically, it's just me answering some of your questions and getting into some of the details of the shows, Rock of Love, Charm School, and all that, that I I haven't gotten into yet on this podcast. But also, I get into stories of, you know, my life on on the road, on tour with the bands, or, you know, things having to do with my marriage or my personal life, or just basically anything that isn't necessarily related to the Of Love shows, but stuff I think that it would be still fun to chat with you guys about. So I have two episodes of Love of Talk up right now that you can go check out. And uh, my goal is to release one of those at the end of every week. I don't have a day specifically picked out yet, but I'm I'm aiming for like Thursday or Friday, which means you guys will be getting two videos now every week instead of just one. So you'll be getting Talk of Love every Monday, just like normal, and you'll be getting Love of Talk on the second half of the week from here on out. So um, I always post on the YouTube. Um, in case you guys don't know, I think some of you don't know this. If you go to my YouTube channel and you look up at the top and there's all those tabs, there's like the home key and there's one that says videos and there's one I think that says playlists. And if you look at the top of my YouTube channel, there's also a tab that says community. And so if you click on community, that's where I make posts having to do with like upcoming guests and stuff like that. It's basically for people who are not on Instagram, but it's like Instagram style posts. So you can see like who's coming up next and stuff like that. So um, anyway, be sure to check that out and you can ask questions for my upcoming guests. Or if you want to ask me questions having to do with the Love of Talk spinoff podcast, uh, that's where you would do that. So anyway, uh, also, oh, if you guys haven't done so already, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and that will get the Talk of Love podcast into the YouTube algorithm. So definitely do that and give this a thumbs up if you like it. I really appreciate you guys so much for that. Thank you for your support. Now, without further ado, I am very happy to welcome back Kevin aka bones hey kevin it's nice to see you again how's it going it's going good it's going good it's good to be back on the show i had such a blast last time so i'm so grateful to be back again i'm glad i didn't scare you away (laughs) no not at all and thank you so much for coming back i'm I'm really glad to have you again because i was like i know i need more time with this guy so um by the way i love your shirt (laughs) that's so cute Yes, you know, it takes me back to my I love money two days. Uh, so I, I love it. And then Savannah, who's uh, who, who's actually partly responsible for getting me on this show, uh, told me that she was a fan of the shirt. So I said I would wear it in her honor. So. <laughs> well, that's very nice. Yeah, I know. I, I always remember you having really fun shirts. 
That is, you know, it's funny you say that because the shirt that I wore on I Love New York said, I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. And, and then it was so funny, Lacey, after doing that, I was like, okay, well, what shirt can I wear on I Love Money that it has an equally cool message? And I was like, well, you know, my mother wasn't that much of a fan of I Love New York, so maybe she'll be a fan of I Love Money. So hi, mom. <laughs> you know? I love it. Do you find these shirts or do you get them made? Good question. So when I lived in LA, there was this um, Merrill's, Merrill's Avenue, uh, at Merrill's Place. I forgot what the name, at, but Merrill's Avenue. Yeah, Merrill's Avenue. Yeah. There you go. All the cool shops. So, all, exactly. All, all the cool shops I wish I could have shopped in, but couldn't really afford to shop in was that and Rodale Drive, those two places. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's a shop on Melrose Avenue. It's called uh, Teenage Millionaire. Nice. That's the name of it. And they had all these cool shirts with these cool sayings and stuff like that. And these shirts were only like five, 10 bucks. So that was like in my price range. Nice. So this was, like I said, this was like 10, 15 years ago. So I bought a lot of cool shirts like this. And who would know that here in the year 2021, I'd be sitting on Lacey's podcast <laughs> wearing this shirt again. I love it. That's great. Um, so let's just kind of get right into where we left off on the previous interview uh, since our time was cut short. We were, right before we left off, we were talking about Pooty and that whole situation. And I want to get back into, the, that, into that because we were just starting to touch on it. Uh, so take us back to that when we were talking about, um, it was the challenge where you guys were having to do your financial planning and it was brutal. I will say that whenever the production company decides that they want to scare the crap out of all of us and intimidate the hell out of all of us, they're really good at it. We definitely had that on Rock of Love with the super fans and you guys had that with like like Omarosa, which is sort of the most terrifying woman in reality television as far as I'm concerned. So when you when you first walked in, did you know who Omarosa was? You know, this is really funny. So, and Amorosa, I don't know if I call her the most terrifying woman, but definitely the most intimidating woman, woman in yes. reality TV. She is a, yes. Um, but yeah, so this is actually a funny story, Lacey. So when I first moved to Los Angeles, I took a lot of odd jobs while pursuing entertainment. So one year for the BET Awards, I signed up to be like a, it was like a, I guess it wasn't a job because I was more volunteer, volunteer, but I was basically escorting people down the red carpet. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it was a really cool job. And I was just taking them from, you know, media outlet to media outlet to do their interviews and stuff like that. So, you know, each volunteer was assigned like three celebrities. I think it was two or three celebrities. So this was in 2004 or 2005, right after The Apprentice. I, I didn't watch the show, so I was not familiar with her. So it was funny when they told me, okay, you're going to be with Omarosa on the carpet. I was like, who's Omarosa? And I, you know, at that time, it wasn't like you could just Google it on a phone because right. I don't even think phones were that advanced then. I think I had a flip phone then that mm -hmm. did not have internet. So I was like, okay. I, so, you know, it's funny. So I, you know, I asked a few people, they're like, yeah, she's on The Apprentice and da, 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 da. And I didn't, you know, I didn't watch the season. So, um, you know, I, I got to meet Amarosa and it was her mother who was with her that was walking her down the red carpet. 
And they were both the nicest people, which I'm so glad. I got to say this, Lacey. I'm so glad that I got to meet Amorosa before I really learned about her reputation because therefore there was no prejudgment. Mm. I got to meet her for who she is. And she was a very nice, wonderful person when I was walking her down. So when I started hearing all these things later, like, oh yeah, that's Amorosa. She's the, you know, she's terrifying or intimidating or, you know, all of these other superlatives to describe her. I didn't know at that point in time. She was just a sweet woman with her mom walking her down the red carpet. So I say all that to say, sorry, I got off on that story. No, no, it's interesting. I like hearing all this. (laughs) So I say all that to say that when I did walk in the room for I Love New York and I saw her, I was like, oh, wow, we meet again. Oh, yeah? Oh, that God, you're so lucky that you had that advantage. But the funny thing is, Amorosa did not remember me. Because, you know, that was, I think it was two years prior to that or three years prior to that when I walked her down. And, you know, I was just a little volunteer stage, you know, she, not to say that she didn't take interest in getting to know me during the red carpet thing, but it's like, she has, she's talking to, you know, entertainment tonight, inside edition. She's focused on, yeah, other things. Yeah. But the the fact that that you were in a, an environment that was a professional environment and, and I would, did you, did you elaborate on what that was when you said, so we meet again? I, I, I did not, you know, it's, it's so funny you say that because like she, when they brought us in the room, there was not a lot of time for small talk. And they were basically what she, cause I spoke to Amorosa after this funny, I saw her a few oh. months after the taping of that. Oh yeah. And she was telling me, she was like, yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, she, I guess she had an IFB in her ear and they were telling her, certain things to do, like to say or to rap this person. And she's like, yeah, you know, I'm so sorry I had to be like that, but they were telling me in my ears. So I guess I kind of just exposed, you know, what was going on there, but oh well. Uh, Yeah, we've been doing a lot of that on the podcast, so it's all good. (laughs) Good, good deal. So so yeah, so I didn't have a lot of time to kind of small talk with her. I just kind of went in. I was like, hey, and she was like, okay, Bones, let's get to it. So she was just like in character Hmm. and she was in full Amorosa character. She was not like, hey, how are you doing? Good. No, she was like, okay, what do you got for us? And Lacey, I tell you, you know, before we get into Pootie, even myself, and I consider myself a pretty confident, strong-willed, secure human being. When I went in that room, I felt so demoralized and so belittled. And so I felt like an ant walking out of there. You know, I I walked in like a grizzly bear and then left like an ant. Like that, that was really what they did to me. They just tore me apart. So it was challenging. It was intimidating. And Lacey, I'll even say, like you said, it was terrifying. Yeah, well, I I can totally understand that because similar to uh, what we went through on Rock of Love, where we had like the the three super fans come in and basically put us under like a heat lamp and it was an interrogation. And same thing, like what you just said, I consider myself to be a very confident woman. I'm usually good in like just about any situation that you just throw me into. I can can manage it and do a good job. But the problem with these situations, and, and tell me if you agree, is that it removes all your abilities to to basically show yourself off. Like you don't, you don't have the opportunity to be charming or to have a conversation or to tell them the, you know, what your experiences are. So without those tools that we're used to, and then we just have to kind of sit there and take it, then you're just like, uh, this isn't normal. How do I, how do I navigate this? And I left feeling totally demoralized and like this big as well. So I totally relate to what you just said. So glad you can relate because I, I, like you said, I know that they put you guys through similar challenges. And I mean, really, that that was really the 
objective of it was to have us sweat, you know, uh, put us on the hot seat, interrogate us, and to see, you know, the, the strong people survive. So it was funny, like, you know, when I went in there, I started off kind of confident, but the moment they started like just snapping into character, it was so funny. I put my, um, because uh, I should probably explain this. The plan was we had to present, we had to have some kind of presentation to New York to where we illustrated our earning potential net worth and how we would be able to financially take care of her. So we, they gave us like two hours to put together these like PowerPoint presentations, but they weren't PowerPoint because they were on like boards and all of this stuff. So Lacey, it was so funny. I walk in there, I put the board up and then it just falls. I didn't even, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it, just, it just falls down. And it, I just remember Rosa looked at me and she said, get it together, Bones, get it together. <laughs> oh, God. And I was like, I was like, okay. And that right there just set like the tone, the tone yeah. for how bad that interview went. <laughs> so yeah, from that point on, it was just, it was just a train wreck of that, that interview. Sucks. That's like a wah, wah moment. <laughs> exactly. That was one of those want to get away moments because I clearly could have used it. Oh, wow. So so after Pootie fell apart, first of all, how how quick after he got done doing his presentation did he have that infamous meltdown? Oh, it was immediate. I mean, we were all standing in the room, the waiting room, and the, I just remember the door swung open. Pootie just comes running out. And he's emotional, you know, crying. He's, you know, he's saying, I can't, I can't even make out what he's saying. Um, just murmuring words. And I was like, okay, this does not look good. So he just breaks out there. Um, he, he, there's like a stairwell outside. So we just see him going out there and just looking defeated and emotional. And we're like, what the heck's going on? So myself and then Tango, um, he, we both run after him just to check on him to make sure he's okay. He's running down. It looked like he was like diving down the stairs. Right. Like he was just all, you know, I didn't know what was going on. So we just go down to the stairs and then he collapses. Like once he gets oh. down, like he goes on like two or three flights of stairs, collapses at the bottom. And then he's just crying and he's like, I don't want to be here. And just, you know, really emotional. So uh, Tango and I are just sitting there talking to him, trying to like, basically I'm telling him the same thing. Like, look, dude, they beat me up in the room. I totally understand what you're going through. Like, I felt bad leaving out of there, dude. Don't, you're not the only one. And we were just sitting there talking to him for a while, but he just seemed like he was just in, I don't know, some kind of just, just delusional days or something. Almost like he's on another planet. I call it, I call it spinning. Like if you start to get upset and then the more upset you get, the more upset you get, you know what I mean? Like, so I call that like, oh, you're, you're spinning. You got it. Like you got to slap him, just snap out of it <laughs> or give him a hug, either one or both. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, Good thing so, I didn't slap him, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it looks like he was, he was spinning. He was just like the more he was, uh, making himself aware of how he was feeling and, and what he just experienced, the worse it was getting for him. And and by the way, I just want to do a side note. That was really, really sweet of you and Tango, by the way. I, he was really lucky that you guys were there and you you guys had compassion for him because like nobody should have to, even your competitors shouldn't ever be subjected to that or have to go through that. Um, so you and Tango were, were there just trying to basically console him. Exactly. Uh, we were there consoling him. I even said a prayer for him real quick just Aww. to relax him. Yes. So 
we were there doing everything we can. Because look, Lacey, I understand what it was like to be in that room. Like the way Pootie came out, that's probably how all of us felt coming out of that room. Um, you know, minus the emotional reaction that he had. But we all felt defeated coming out of there. I mean, that was the objective. And Omarosa and New York, you know, played it to a T. So we were just telling him, and that's what I kept telling him. I was like, dude, I get it, man. It was hard for me in there. And he was like, no, 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 he's crying and all this other stuff. And, you know, like I said, um, in the last episode that we did moving into the house is, you know, we noticed that his behavior was off a little bit, you know, and everyone noticed it. Some of the guys were saying it. So we, you know, I don't want to say a ticking time bomb, but it seemed like, you know, with every day that we were there, there was something else about him that may have, um, whether somebody was rubbing him the wrong way or something of that sort. So, you know, when this happened, we were like, okay, hopefully he's okay. Um, and, you know, not to get off subject, but as a recently, you know, mental health is something that I've become an advocate for because- it's it's serious. We all. I'm I'm someone who suffered from who is diagnosed with severe depression. So, uh, which is a whole another story. But I understand to see somebody in a vulnerable, uh, just position or yeah. situation like that. Yeah. So, you know, wonder. You know, Tango was there. And he, you know, obviously showed his humanity and humility just coming over to help Pootie out. So we stood there with him for about. I don't know, I guess it was around 20, 25 minutes. And then, you know, obviously, you know, from doing the shows, Lacey, how all the uh, PAs and photographers, so like the producers, PAs, all of them just came rushing in to make sure he's okay. I was going to ask for the the producers, actually, because I know when anything happens like that on the shows, immediately the cameras are like right there, you know, to make sure they capture it all, which that's that's their job. So that's okay. But I was going to ask, like, if the producers actually stepped in, like, what did we, what happened with the producers, if you can remember, that they didn't put on TV? Yeah, no, I I remember them just being terrified because, you know, obviously at the end of the day, even though they pre-screen us to come on those shows and we have to sign a gazillion wafers, it wavers, you know, it's still like, okay, there can be a liability or, a, you know, et cetera, some kind of legal action. So they were just there to make sure that he was okay. Well, I and, think that my personal opinion is I think that they just don't want anybody to leave before they're either, you know, um, eliminated or whatever. Because I, I know several of the cast members of the different shows that I've had on the on the podcast, quite a few of them had moments of going like, fuck this, this is too much for me. I didn't sign up for this, I'm out, I wanna leave. And a couple of them told me that producers had to like pull them aside, go like, no, 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 calm down, calm down. You gotta stay, please stay, please don't leave. And then some of the other ones told me that when that didn't work, that they straight up were like, if you leave, I'll sue, we'll sue you. Like you contractually can't leave. Like there was two people that told me that happened. Like got, they got gangster on them. <laughs> so I'm like, damn, that's wow. brutal. <laughs> so I think, I think more so, then worrying about liability, my personal uh, thoughts are that they just really didn't want people to leave prematurely. Well, it's interesting you say that because you got to think about it, you know, and you know, through going through the casting of these shows and all of the tests we have to go through, like they really invest in us to bring us on the show. They put in time, money, effort. When I say they, the producers and the network, you know, they put in all the, invest all this time for each and every one of us to be you know, on the show. So if one of us says we're leaving prematurely, 
obviously that affects them because here they are putting in all this time and we're like, we quit. And they're like, hold up a second, you know? And then also, of course, as you know, Lacey, you know, there's storylines that are right. being revealed throughout the, so when you leave early, that kind of affects the storyline in a way like, hold up a second, you know, this is not what we had envisioned. You know, you're, you're messing up the chapter here. Right, uh, right, so. exactly. So, so yeah, like you said, for that reason, of course, they, they don't want them to leave. But I think the thing with Pudi, and, and this is just my theory, I, I don't know. I haven't spoke to the producers and I didn't speak to Pudi about this, but I think ultimately the reason why they did let him leave is because they felt he could have been a threat to mm. somebody else living in the house, whether physical or because he left in an ambulance. Yeah, so, that's great. Why, why was that? Do you know? I think, honestly, I think they were just doing, going through the uh, protocol to make mm. sure that he was okay mentally, physically. And, you know, uh, if they were to send him home in a, I don't know, a, a taxi or something like that, and something did happen to him after that, I guess they could have been held liable or responsible for that. So that's a good um, point. Yeah. Did he get in the ambulance voluntarily? He did. He oh. did. He, cause he would, yeah, he got involved. He told them because there was, a, you know, like you said, Lacey, um, there was a period of time when he was talking to the producers when he wanted to leave. And I don't know what was said while they were talking for a while, you know, but I guess at some point in time, Pootie got to the point where he was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go. I want to go. And they ended up letting him leave. But like I said, I, I'm assuming it was because they feared for either his safety or our safety or something like that. Because like you said, they're not going to let you walk easily. Right, like, right. <laughs> it yeah. better be something real major for them to let you leave. Yeah. So wow. that's my assumption. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. And he, you know, maybe he said something extreme so that they would let him leave. You know, I mean, God only knows. But poor Pootie, that really sucks. I'm actually actively working towards bringing him on the podcast so he can share his story and his perspective. And he and I have been going back and forth. And I I, I checked out his uh, his Facebook page and he, and he seems like a pretty normal, good, happy dude. Like he posts like positive things. He loves to cook. And, you know, he seems like everything's good for him now. So that that's really good. Um, I feel like, yeah, that oh, sorry, go ahead. No, and I was going to say real quick on that note too, I did want to say he is a very nice guy. I remember talking to him beforehand, like, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, because of the meltdown, everyone is going to associate him with that. And as the, you know, the person who was an emotional wreck and whatnot, but he's really a nice dude uh, from getting to know him briefly. He was a really kind guy, really nice dude, very passionate dude. So I'm glad to hear you say those things about like, looking up on his Facebook page and what he's up to because he's a he was an awesome dude. Nice. I, I love or hearing that. He's an awesome dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love hearing that. And you know, I, I don't judge somebody in a situation like that because that, that's just completely unfair. So um yeah. So I want to talk about now uh the whole reason we're all here. I want to talk about New York for a few minutes and you had mentioned on the previous interview that we did together, you had mentioned that you really didn't you really didn't watch Flavor of Love and you didn't really know who she was. And this was the first season of I Love, I Love New York. So it wasn't really that you could research this person. You were just going on based on what your friends told you who had watched Flavor of Love. So did you at any point feel uh, a connection with her? I know she was a lot 
nicer on I Love New York than she was on Flavor of Love. However, <laughs> I also know that she's also still put you guys through the ringer as we just discussed. What were your thoughts the more you got to, to know her? I know it was a short period of time, but what, what were your thoughts about her specifically as your time was going by while you were on the show? You know, I'll say this. It's interesting. Like I was, it's funny, like I was saying with Amarosa, I'm glad I got to meet her before I really heard about her reputation. And unfortunately with New York, I learned about her reputation before I got a chance to really meet her. So I kind of went in there with this preconceived notion that, you know, she was just going to be this obnoxious, crazy, you know, pretty much everything that everyone said about her. Um, I personally thought that she was really kind, you know, I thought it's cause she was kind to me. I mean, there was a few times, but, um, but yeah, she was really kind to me. Now I'm not saying she was kind to everybody that was on the show because I did see some witness, some, um, confrontations between her and other, uh, cast members on the show. So, uh, I, I definitely did see that New York side come out of her, but, uh, you know, my experience with her on the show was pretty pleasant and positive to say the least. Um, you know, even when she dismissed me and eliminated me, you know, she didn't say anything derogatory towards me. She didn't say anything negative towards me. She didn't put me down. She didn't, you know, degrade me. Like she was even respectful in kicking me off the show. I, I just, I just remember her saying something like, I don't want to corrupt you or something like that. And um, she, she kicked me off. I'll tell you this, Lacey, I've only been, I've been in very few relationships my whole life. I could probably count on one hand. And I will say that New York dumping me or eliminating me was the classiest way a woman has ever, you know, <laughs> severed ties with me. I mean, it was, it was the book of how to do it in a classy way. Nice. So yeah, you know, she, 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 I didn't personally have an issue with her, but like I said, I did witness other things in that house where I saw her kind of go head to head with other contestants. And of course, you know, I, I saw some of the clips of her on flavor of love and, um, you know, to, some of the cat fights, shall I say that she got into, um, but yeah, she was, she was, she was nice to me. And I, I, I truly think deep down, she is a sweet person. Like, you know, obviously anybody in that circumstance in a, you know, when you're on a, a show, there's cameras around, there's alcohol in the fridge. I think anybody in that situation would act out in a certain kind of manner. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, and also I really get the feeling, uh, that New York really knows how to turn it on, so to speak, and play up to the cameras. And I, I actually met her a couple of times in passing. And apparently I was in a car with her too. And I only know that because there's a photo of us together. And I'm like, I must've been drunk that night because I don't remember that. But, <laughs> wow. but, but I do remember meeting her in passing a couple of times. And I, I will tell you, I remember her being very sweet and very warm. And it was one of those things like, as soon as I, you know, she makes eye contact with you, that sort of thing. And I remember going like, oh, okay, I get it now. This is, this is a character. And she does, she does it really, really well. But I definitely saw the, the warmth and the, and the niceness in her for sure. So that makes sense to me. So, so now I'm so sorry to do this to you. I got to put you, I got to put you on the spot for a minute. Um, so I did come across a video that you had made that was, I don't know if it was an interview. It looked like you were out and about and it was, 
clearly an old video that it looked like it was probably from like a decade ago where you were kind of ragging on New York a little bit, sort of giving her a hard time. What, what, what was that situation? Were you being interviewed and, and what made you say those things? Well, interesting enough, first of all, that, 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 that video was from like, I don't know, 13 years ago. It was right after the show. Um, I was young and to be completely honest, I uh, 100% regret uh, doing that video and saying the thing, let, let me kind of explain the person who was interviewing us uh, was kind of, uh, I don't want to say, well, yeah, they were kind of hamming us up to say certain things. And, um, you know, they kind of gave me the bait and I, I took it. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is this, a lot of it was just me joking around. I didn't really mean anything that I said in there. I was really just being silly and joking around because the interviewer that was asking me questions about her, I think the interviewer was like, she smokes like a, a trainer, you know, saying all these things. So I was just kind of having fun with it, but I did not mean it to, you know, I didn't mean it in a insulting kind of manner or whatnot. I was just, I was young, I was dumb, I was being silly and I was being a gone uh, by someone. So I, I, I will say that, yes, I did not intend to cause any harm with that. It was just being silly. But um, looking back on it now, 12 years later or whatnot, I'm like, yeah, Kevin, uh, probably not the wisest of things to say, you know? So it was, it, it was just, you know, bad judgment on me. Well, I respect that you said that and that you owned up to it. You know, I, I feel like I've been in similar situations. In fact, there was, there was a show that, it was just a, um, it was a pilot. I, I've talked about pilots on the podcast before and people in the comments are like, what's a pilot? So I'll explain that really quick. It's, which makes sense why people wouldn't know. Um, it's basically if somebody like a production company has an idea for a show and they want to pitch it to maybe like a network or something like that, they, they can't just type it out on a piece of paper. Usually the network wants to see, okay, well, what does this show actually look like? So they'll do like, you know, one episode. It'll be like a mock episode basically and they'll go, okay, here, here's what the show will look like. Here's an episode. And usually if the network picks it up, then they sometimes they'll even like recast it. It won't even be the same as that usually. So I, I got auditioned or I, I, I auditioned and got cast to do a, it was sort of like an American Idol style format, but it was like rock bands and people with different talent. And they had me being a judge and I was, you know, I was fresh off of Rock of Love. So people knew me as being this villain character. And then plus, because the format reminded me of uh, of, of American Idol specifically, I'm thinking about Simon Cowell, you know? And so I'm kind of doing like this, you know, evil Lacey from Rock of Love meets Simon Cowell thing. And after I did it, I remember driving home and I felt like shit because it went from like, just being like, riling people up, it, which is what I, I, I liked how I did that on Rock of Love. I thought I did it very smart. But on this one, I was just fucking mean. And, and I was driving home and I was like, I was so mad. And there was one guy in particular I was so mean to. And I regretted it so hard because it was just, it, it was too mean. And I am like so grateful that show never saw the light of day because I, I, I was actually embarrassed by it. And um, just be, it just didn't get picked up. And I, and I was embarrassed. And I was, and if I, I wish I knew who that guy was because I would like apologize to him because I was definitely too mean. But it was the same thing. I was like caught up in the moment. I was trying yeah. to like put on some like some drama. And I, I just went too far with it. So, and also same as you, it was like 
12 years ago that that happened. So I get, I get what you're saying. And when I watched your video, it made me think like, I feel like he's like playing a character right now because it just was inconsistent with how I know you to be. And, and like the, I try to judge somebody like, how are you the majority of the time? And I try to forgive like the one moment where you're not really yourself. So I'm glad to hear you say that. That's what, that's how it came across to me. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that as well. And it's funny with you telling your story, I, I can totally relate to that kind of situation. And, you know, I think of anything that was a teachable moment for me that, yes, you know, from being on that show, I have to be careful what I do, what I say. And it's, you know, it's funny. I even tell kids, I was a substitute teacher before I got into this profession, but I used to tell kids a lot of times, be careful what you put on social media, what you tweet out, what you put on Instagram, everything can come back to haunt you. And I get, you know, you can be in a moment of anger, a moment of emotional breakdown, whatever it is. You know, I always say, you know, probably not the best idea to send out a bunch of tweets or Instagram posts or whatever, because you just, especially now with cancel culture, you know, people will go back and dig up things yeah. from 10, 15 years ago and be like, oh, that one time Lacey said X, Y, and Z or Kevin said X, Y, and Z, they deserve to be canceled. So, you know, it, it was really just one of those teachable moments. Like you have to be careful, even if you were just playing around, being silly, being stupid, like I was being at that particular point in time, not excusing the behavior, but just saying, you know, obviously I exercise poor judgment and it was just one of those moments. And I was like, okay, from this point forward, I am not making that same mistake. Even if a host or interviewer tries to egg me on, which I got to say, Lacey, you're doing a wonderful job of, <laughs> of not doing that, of just, you know, giving the facts and doing yeah. what you do. You're, you're phenomenal at Thank that. But, you. um, you know, it's funny. I, I ran into New York maybe about two to three months after that video came out. Yeah. I was, um, I was in Miami for New Year's Eve that year. And she was actually in Miami with Taylor Maid, who oh. won I Love New York season two. Oh, okay. So That's interesting. I ran, I know, I ran into both of them in a club in Miami. And I was like, hey, uh, you know, I guess you didn't see the video, but I was like, if you do see it, just know that I was just being silly. Don't take anything serious. And what I, we just sat there and laughed for about, I don't know, around 10 to 15 minutes or so. Um, and then I met Taylor Maid, who ended up being on my team and I love money too, which is a, another story. But, um, but yeah, no, it was cool running into her and laughing about everything, the show and all that other stuff, which had happened several months before that. Um, but yeah, you know, you know, I say, I say all that to say that, yes, I, I, my past, uh, I, I, I had some knuckleheaded moments in my past, Lacey, you know, I think I, we all did. And I love what you said. You should only, you know, everybody has that one moment or a few moments where they're not themselves or they're doing something that's not indicative of their character. And, you know, you said like, you know, you should not judge them for those few moments. You should judge them for who they are the majority of the time or the vast majority of the time. And I could not agree more with you on that because everybody has a bad moment. You know, Absolutely. no one is perfect. We're all we're all sinners. We all mess up. We all fall short. So, you know, as long as you're consistent with your behavior, the majority of the time, that's all that matters. So yeah, thank you for saying that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as long as we are aware of and own our mistakes. I, I think that's that's everything. So awesome. I love hearing you say that. Um, okay, let me see what I have next here. Uh, who are some of your favorite castmates from the show? Because it looks like a lot of the guys had a lot of fun. Who, who are some of your favorite people? And do you talk to anybody still or follow each other on social media? Any of that good stuff? Good question. The main people who I still talk to to this day are Jason uh, Heat. Love Heat. Um, 
Yes, Heat is an awesome person. And, you know, really not to get off subject on Heat, but Heat is one of those people that have has really been able to propel himself from that show and do really good things. You know, he's an entrepreneur now. He's in the fitness. Um, he has his own, uh, he's created his own apparel, clothing, and he's just really become a force in the industry. So, you know, Jason has really inspired me and someone to this day that I keep in contact with. Um, someone else, Ricky uh, Romance, was his oh, name on the yeah. show. <laughs> really cool guy. I actually got into wrestling. He's like bulked up and got into wrestling now. So he's like three times the size of bones. Wow. But, um, <laughs> really awesome dude. Uh, very, uh, you know, grounded, has a beautiful daughter, um, wife, family. And he's just, he's another one that's just really, um, you know, done some wonderful things with this life post I Love New York. Uh, other guys that I talked to, um, Boston. Actually, yes, he you know. is such a character. He was on the podcast last year and he is a character. I love that guy. He A character pretty much describes him. I mean, <laughs> Boston, who you see is who you get with him. I mean, he's just a silly, down to earth, you know, just lovable person. He's really a lovable person, means well. Um, so, you know, I haven't spoke to him in a few years, but, you know, someone I did uh, keep in contact with. Another one is Chase. Uh, his name on the show was token oh um, yeah he was i think he was kicked off early on a uh, second episode or something like that but he's also he was like managing a what, what is that restaurant called where you ride the bull and they have one in hollywood oh yeah Sat, um saddle uh, ranch saddle ranch saddle ranch thank yes. you <laughs> thank you yes he he manages a saddle ranch in, or was managing a saddle ranch in phoenix because nice. i was actually in phoenix this was several years ago and Chase was like, come on over, you know, you can stay here. And he was just super hospitable. So um, he's really cool. Um, I'm trying to think who else I, I still keep in contact with. That's pretty with. good. That, that's impressive yeah, I mean, given the fact it was from that long ago. That That's really cool. Um, I want to get into some I love money questions now. Um, <laughs> so that show, I loved I love money. That was such, a, I think that was my favorite of all of, the of love shows 51 minds it was it was fun watching the i love money shows and it was fun being a part of it i like i I, re, I personally really liked like the whole co-ed thing and i also just the challenges were fun and being in mexico did you did you enjoy your time on i love money lacy i love money was probably the best experience that happened to me throughout the whole 2000s decade and i mean it was exact it was almost polar opposite of my experience on i love new york and I think the reason why is for one, with I Love New York, I was going into something I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what would be happening. At least with I Love Money, even though it's a different show, you kind of still know, okay, you kind of have an idea on how things are going to go. You're, you're ready for the routine. And then an, another thing, Lacey, I'll never forget, like I never had a passport before that show. They like expedited a passport for me. And I was like, cool, I got a passport. Flew to Waltuco, a place I had never been before in my life. Lacey, Waltuco is one of the most gorgeous places on earth. To this day, Lacey, I tell people about Waltuco, Mexico. And the only reason I know is through I Love Money. So it's gorgeous. You know, I get there, they put me up in this beautiful resort and I'm like, this is just heaven. And then that's before we even started the show. And then of course, once you start the show, it, it, it was just a lot. I don't know what it was, Lacey. It just seemed, even though it was a competition show, I had a lot more fun on that show. Yeah. And it just seemed a little more relaxed. And, you know, I, I was a lot, I, I, I became close with a lot of people on there, like, you know, our alliances and stuff like that. We just, 
It, it just was a really cool show. The food was good. I mean, you can't go wrong with Mexican No, food. you cannot. So, I love Mexican food. <laughs> uh, I, I loved it a little too much while I was out there. I actually think I gained a few pounds when I was in Mexico. <laughs> But uh, but it was an incredible experience, Lacey. I, I enjoyed my experience on I Love Money. And I, you know, that's probably the one reality show out of all the things that I've done in my life that I would do again if I had the opportunity. Nice. I love that. I do have a few fan questions for you. As I said, a lot of the fans were, were really excited that you were coming on. Um, so on YouTube, Patricia has questions about Teaweed. She says that Teaweed claimed that you were faking your faith. Clearly, he was just pissed that you were you voted him into the box. But did you feel that accusation was hitting below the belt? That, that was kind of brutal. And it, it reminds me of like, um, my whole big altercation with Dallas was based around the fact that I am a really big animal rights activist. And that's something that's very, very important to me and has been my whole adult life. And so for her to be attacking the one thing that is like mine personally, that, that means a lot to me, that's how I can, that's the only way I can think to relate to the situation with you. Were, were you just like, eh, whatever, or were, was that offensive to you? You know, I really dismissed it because I knew at that point in time, TV was just mad. He got voted in. He was really upset and he was just taking shots at people. So I didn't take it personally. I just know he was very upset. Now, with that being said, I get it. You know, I'm a person of faith. Obviously, if you're going to take a shot at me, you're going to either try to find something that I did or some kind of behavior I exuded that was not in line with my beliefs or something that I did that may have not um, been, you know, uh, I guess, indicative of high morals and values. So I knew that he was just really upset and I wasn't, I didn't take it. I really wasn't that offended because I know who I am and I know, you know, I, I, I know what I profess is what I believe. And I didn't, you know, like I said, I knew he was very upset. I know he was hot. I know he just, he was just trying to let off steam. So the quickest way was to attack the religious boy that's in there and take off steam on him. So yeah, I, I, I wasn't. I, I, I wasn't offended to it. I, I even remember that particular episode. And I even said, you know, I was like, I walk away from foolishness, which is what he was doing at that particular point in time. So, um, which is actually funny because Lacey Teeweed, uh, Kevin, who has the same name as me, Kevin, <laughs> um, during the uh, reunion, he actually made up and he apologized to me for saying that. And he was like, you know, I, I do apologize. I'm sorry for what I said to you on the show. That's and, nice. Um, yeah, we, we, we made up. So, you know, I, I can definitely respect someone that can apologize for any wrongdoing. But yeah, I agree. You know, some may consider it a hit below the belt. Um, but, you know, I take it in stride. That's awesome. It's not the first time. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of have to as much as you can on these shows. Because otherwise, you know, you're just going to be completely falling apart. So, um, yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, okay, so I have another fan question again on YouTube. Venus and Serena asks... How did how did you feel seeing Buckwild throw the challenge where they had to, <laughs> to unfreeze the coin in such a way that it made your team impossible to win, especially when your team was winning? Uh, and also, there was a part two to this. Was the house as frantic as it looked when it came to getting Buddha off? So those are, those are two really good questions. They are. And first of all, I'm going to start off. That's a really good name, Venus and Serena. Yeah, that's um, nice, right? <laughs> Great names, great, great tennis players too. Um, so yes, uh, to answer that question, the first part, 
You know, Lacey, I rarely lose my cool. Like I, I really pride myself of someone that can keep their composure. That was one of the only times on reality TV when I was really, really upset when I saw Becky do that because we were going to win and we had every opportunity to win that challenge. And when she did that, Ooh, Lacey, I was, <laughs> ooh, I, I may have cursed on that. I can't even remember. I was so mad though. I was, I, I was just livid when that happened because I was like, okay, if we lose a challenge, if we lose fair and square, that's one thing, but we lost because someone who was on our team threw the challenge for someone like, what are you thinking? <laughs> so it, it was, it, I was so upset when that happened. I, I, I honestly think that was probably, yeah, that, that was probably my most emotional time that I had throughout the whole, the, the whole show that I was just telling you about that I love doing. So, so yeah, I, I was completely upset about that. I was mad about that. And you know, it, it, what can you do? You know, I really wanted to say something to Becky Buckwild after that, but I was like, you know what? There's nothing that I can say that can undo the mess that she just put us in. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that is a hell of a curveball. So I totally get it. Your frustration because, like, what what can you do? It, it, at that point, it just means that it doesn't matter how hard you try. <laughs> just it doesn't even matter. So like, what you exactly have, that? So I, I get the frustration. And that's another thing, Lacey, with me. You know, I was an athlete my whole life, so I'm really competitive. So I enjoyed the competitions because I'm a competitive dude. I enjoy it. And when she went and did that, you know, it's like, first of all, you're on our team. Second of all, you're ruining the integrity of it. Third of all, you're screwing us over because now one of us has got to go in the, the vault. So it's funny. After she did that, I even turned to Craig, the host, Craig Jackson. I was like, dude. Like, you guys got to blow a whistle on that. You guys got to intervene and do something, man. That is not right because that, that just takes the fun away. Right, so, right. Yeah, and Craig was like, uh-uh, I'm not getting in this. That's, <laughs> that's not my deal. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, the it, it seems like the the show should be about the challenges. But as we all know, it's also about the social game as well and all of that. So that's what makes it so... So wild for sure. And then I do like uh, part two of her question as well. Was the house as frantic as it looked um, when it came to getting Buddha off? You know, it was funny. I don't, you know, this is what's so funny, Lacey. I don't know what everybody had against Buddha. But Buddha, me and Buddha were super close on that show. He was actually one of my partners in crime on, because he was like the one dude I trusted on the team. He was one of the one people in that whole place that I trusted, because I knew Buddha had my best interest in mind. So I didn't understand this whole gang up on Buddha mentality. And then uh, part, I guess some of it had to do with the girls in there. I guess, I don't know, Leilani liked them and some Leilene, other girl yeah. liked them. Leilene, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Oh, no, you're good. Um, and some other girl, and I don't know if there was just messy with girls that were liking Buddha and all this other stuff, but I'm like, Buddha's the the nicest dude. Like, why does everybody want to get? So yes, it was frantic because everybody was like basically conspiring against him to get him off. There were even people on our team, the green team, that were trying to get him off as well. And I'm like, why are you guys, you know, Buddha is, first of all, we need him on our team because he's strong. He's physically fit. He's a smart guy. He's an asset to our team. But ultimately, and this is the thing with I Love Money, kind of like you alluded to, there's the whole social aspect. And 
ultimately people saw personally i feel people saw buddha as a threat in the i was long just run. about to say that that was where yeah. i was going to that's where my thoughts were going with it as well he's kind of is a force to be reckoned with Exactly. And they knew that. And they were like, okay, well, if we can get him off early on, then we don't have to worry about him later. So I guess I understand the logic to it because yes, it's more than just physical activity. Some of these are mental activities as well. And there's an intellectual um, challenge that comes into play with this whole thing. So they wanted him off and they got him off and it was frantic as I don't know what, but yes, <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> wow, that's so, so wild. Uh, okay, so on YouTube again, uh, Maddie Lynn asks, on money, this is a really good one. I want to know this too. Why did you not try to get rid of TaylorMade and save yourself when you had the opportunity? Or, or was there something more to it that we viewers were unaware of? <sighs> You know, that's a really good question. And I know in retrospect, it's funny, after I left the show, I was thinking about that forever. But really what happened was, I think it was right before the challenge, we all spoke together. And we all spoke and we talked about what we were going to do, who we were going to let off and stuff like that. And um, I said I would go in there because I didn't think I would go home. Mm -hmm. So I was like, look, I will sacrifice myself. I will do this. Um, because we were talking about who was going to go. I think it was three people that they put in and then all that other stuff. So we had talked about that and, you know, my name came up and I was like, okay, I'll go in. Cause I didn't think that I would be sent home. I didn't think that they would see me as a threat. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do this. And, um, so when we were in there, I could have raised my hand, like you said, for, uh, um, it, I think it would, they would have tied it and the other team could have voted Taylor made to go home. And a lot of people said that afterwards. And, you know, even I thought about it afterwards, but I gave my word to them that I would go in there. And once I gave my word, I did not want to go back on that. And, <laughs> You know, I'm a man of my word. And I said that I was going to go in, that the three of us decided beforehand who it would be. And I said, yes, that's fine. I will do it because I don't think that I'll be sent home. So that's why I didn't end up um, changing things around. But I could have. And, you know, like that question, a lot of people asked me that after the show, like, Kevin, what were you thinking? You could have, you know, and I was like, I know, I know, I know. The, the 250000 could have been mine had I made it to the end. I, <laughs> it, it was a stupid decision. Um, I, I but, totally get it where you're coming from, though. I, I've talked about this many times on the podcast. One of the other reality shows besides the Of Love shows that I personally am obsessed with is Survivor. I love that show so much. I've seen every season, every episode. I'm always yelling at the TV like, no, do it like this. And, um, and, and you see that a lot. There's a lot of people who really struggle with the whole integrity thing. And, you know, at some point on these types of shows, you have to stab somebody in the back. You have to let somebody down who trusts you. You have to lie. And so I really see that struggle in people. And a lot of times people who who don't make it as far as they like in, in either show, it's because of the reason that you just gave. They're like, well, I just, I just couldn't bring myself to lie or I just couldn't bring myself to do this. And, you know, um, I'm over there like, no, come over to the dark side. <laughs> so... It's so funny you say that, Lacey, and that is true. You know, I, I, I've been, I, even outside of that show, just in life, I've been told in order to climb certain ladders or to achieve certain things, you know, there's a level of, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say backstabbing, but there's just a level of this heinous 
and you know, things that you can do in order to achieve certain things. And I get it. Like you hit it dead on the doorknob in a show like this. Yes. You, you kind of have to lie or backstab or, you know, um, deceive somebody in order to get further on because that's, that's part of the mind game of the show. But I just, you know, my integrity is everything. It's hard. And is it? Cause you know, cause you like, you live with these people, you like these people, you develop genuine friendships. Um, you know, I, I didn't really develop friendships with the girls with the exception of one or two on Rock of Love. But at Charm School, I started developing more friendships. And on I Love Money, the one that I was on, I, I really developed friendships. And you like these people, you you don't want to do that to them. So it, it definitely is an inner conflict for sure. And for me personally, I just justify by keeping my my sights on what I personally plan on doing with the money had I won it. And I sort of justify it that way, you know, for right or wrong, that was just my own kind of coping mechanism. But what, speaking of that, did you have specific plans on what you wanted to do with the money? Had you won? Hookers and cocaine, right? Hookers and cocaine? How did you know? I, you, just you, know? Lot, you just look like a hookers and cocaine kind of guy. I don't know. I'm, I'm telling you. Actually, you see the stripper pole behind me in my, in my house right here, right? Um, yeah. Um, so yes, it wasn't hookers and cocaine. Um, it was actually heroin. But um, at any rate... Uh, yeah, you know, no. drug dealers are people too, right? We got to take care of them. Exactly. They're pharmacists. I tease. I tease. Yeah, you know, as far as the money, honestly, I thought about I, I thought about tithing at least ten percent of it. And for those who don't know what tithing is, it's just like giving away ten percent charitable day, donation to your church or nice. anything else. So I thought about giving it away, and then the rest I was just going to put in my savings account and figure out: was I going to invest it? Was I going to buy property? Was I going to use that towards school? Um, or which I'm actually back in grad school right now. So I kind of wish I had that because I'm taking out loans. But at any rate, you know, I was just really, I wanted to put it in um, my savings and just kind of figure out what I wanted to do. But I know I wanted to give away a large percentage of it. Suck on that, Omarosa. I I know, right? (laughs) Seriously, seriously. That's awesome. Smart man. Well, sometimes it all depends. (laughs) Um, just not when I'm doing interviews on YouTube about New York. Um, but <laughs> we all fuck that's up sometimes. I'm, that's when I'm ignorant. Um, but no, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, when I, I, I want to say this, when I did get kicked off that night, because I was a man of my word and stuck to everything, I'll never forget. Everyone on my team wrote me letters, like handwritten letters. Aww. And they put, yeah, it was the sweetest thing. Because, I, you know, obviously, as you know, once you get kicked off, they you pack your stuff up, they take you back to the hotel or resort, wherever. And I just remember opening up and there was all these letters in there. And they were the sweetest letters ever from TaylorMade, from Ice, from Prancer, from... Um, I forgot who else was on our uh, uh, team, but you know, oh, it was just really that. sweet letters. Yeah. Uh, so it, I still have those letters too. Yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. I love that. I love, I mean, really, there were so many amazing people on these shows and, and bringing them onto the podcast and hearing everybody's stories. You just really realize like how great all these people truly are. So. Exactly. You know, a lot of times, you know, the, the cameras and they, and you know, that's part of the job of the cameras, you know, to develop characters and, have, so, you know, you see all of these characters and people and you're like, oh, that person's feisty or that person's shady, that person is this. And then when you're on there and you kind of get to know some of these people, you're like, they're actually regular, cool individuals like you or me. They just, you know, got in a heated situation or, and that's the thing too, Lacey, that I tell people. It's like, they have cameras on us 24 hours. 
If you get up and use the bathroom in the middle of the night, if you go outside and take a walk, if you go, there's cameras on you. So I always ask, you know, what normal person could have a camera on them for 24 hours a day for several weeks and not have one slip up or one uh, emotional moment or one this or one. I mean, it, it would anybody. It's just that unfortunately with this, when we do have that moment, that's what's kind of put out there or exploited. So, <laughs> yes. you know. But, uh, but yeah, you, you said it best. There's a lot of good people on there, you know? Yeah, they really and, did a great job casting these shows for sure. Um, did you get a chance to see, I know they, they, they kind of are reviving some of this. I know Chance is, is uh, doing something with Zeus Network and then VH1 brought New York back to do the reunion or what, what do they call it? Not reunion, they called it- um, the, I love, Yeah, it was, it was uh, uh, the reunion. Um, they called it- I, Something like that word reunion. What the hell did they call it? God, Lee, I forgot what it was called too. I it know was, it was like it was like not revisited, but re. I love blah, blah, blah. now you got me looking. I, now you got me looking it up. Okay, good. It, it's uh, God, Lee. It was so. Um, it Re- was called. It was called reunited. I think it was uh, reunited. Let me, let me see. Yeah, I love New York reunited. Oh, okay, yes. okay. So, okay, so did you see the show? <laughs> I did see it. I, and obviously I was not asked to be a part of it. Um, but uh, but a lot of people weren't. I, they only had, I think, four people, yeah, if I was I'm not surprised. mistaken, that were on there. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought uh, they were going to have more, but uh, but they brought on some some of the, you know, definitely the more entertaining guys for sure. It was uh, excellent. It was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, so I, did, I didn't watch when it actually aired. I, actually, I think I ended up watching it on YouTube or something like that. So I just kind of saw clips of it. But um, I thought it was cool. I thought it was really cool that they brought back, um, you know, uh, that because, you know, there's so much uh, nostalgia that comes from those shows. And, you know, a lot of times when I talk to Jason, uh, Heat, we always talk about, you know, are they going to do an actual reunion again with everyone or with Rock of Love or Play, you know, all of these shows that were just, you know, huge for them back in the 2000s and whatnot. Um, you know, are they going to bring these shows back? Are there going to be another, you know, challenge or whatnot? Because it would really be interesting, kind of like with I Love New York Reunited. It was really interesting to see, you know, what's been going on and how people are doing, which I guess it's, we don't need it now that you got your podcast. <laughs> this is where people come for their VH1 fix. It's really, <laughs> so so I guess we don't need a reunion after all. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that, but I, I would love to see another kind of I Love Money style show and bring back all the same cast. Because I think a lot of people are are married now and have families, so I don't know that an Of Love show would necessarily work for everybody, but I, I would love to see, and I know everybody would love to see all of these different amazing characters and people brought back together to do some sort of competitive thing. I, I think it would be a great That would be event. awesome. Yeah. Lacey, so- let's... Let- Let's call 51 Minds and let them know. I don't even know 51 Minds is still the, the same entertainment they do. company. So. They, they do still exist. Mark and Chris kind of went their uh, separate ways, but uh, Chris is doing like some gargantuan um, uh, production company now that that just like owns all the other smaller companies. And I, I think Endemol Shine bought out 51 Minds, but 51 Minds still exists and and uh, mm-hmm. they're still rocking and rolling. So, you know, fingers <laughs> crossed. Um, right. That would be great to see something again. Uh, I wanted to ask, oh, so since these shows, I've been checking out your social media, I've been stalking you a little bit, and uh, you are doing like some really cool stuff career-wise. Tell everybody what, what's what been going on since the shows. Yeah, absolutely. So since the shows, I've done a lot. Um, so, you know, immediately following the show, I still stayed in LA for a while to pursue entertainment. So I was still out there doing acting, uh, 
dancing, the, the, you know, all kinds of things. And uh, from there, I kind of transitioned into education. I worked as a teacher, a substitute teacher, actually, for around six years, seven years with uh, Los Angeles Unified School District. Nice. Really what enjoyed age, that. What age group? Secondary. So oh, I did nice. high school. Awesome. Yes. That's awesome. I enjoyed it. It was it was a blast. And there there is nothing more enjoyable when my students Google myself and all of these pictures of I love New York and stuff. They used to have a, they you know they will never let that die. Um, <laughs> of course not. So, I wouldn't. That was my substitute yeah, right? teacher. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. I bet that made it so they could feel like they could relate to you a little more. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I guess you could say that relate to me in a, in a interesting kind of way. So they got a kick out of that. But yeah. So I, I was in education for around six to seven years, and then I transitioned into what I'm in now. So it was interesting. Um, right before transitioning into broadcast journalism, which is what I work in now, I actually did something kind of similar to what you did, but not as grand and, um, you know, not as prestigious as what you got going on. Um, I, uh, there's this uh, network called after buzz TV in LA and basically I worked as a host for them. So I did like entertainment sports. Uh, they had a sports show under black Hollywood live, which was a subsidiary of after buzz TV. So I did that for about a year or two years. And then that's where I kind of learned um, or I guess you could say that's what kind of sprouted my love for journalism because nice. I enjoyed talking. I enjoyed storytelling, asking questions, learning stories and stuff like that. So to make a long story short, I ended up taking classes, um, learning about journalism. And um, basically, I put a reel together and said, OK, I'm going to go after this career. So uh, when it, you know, the funny thing is with broadcast journalism throughout the nation, you have around 200 markets. And markets, those are DMAs, like basically local television markets. So in most local television market, there's three stations you have, or four stations. You have your Fox affiliate, ABC, NBC, and CBS affiliates. And it's so funny, Lacey. I sent my reel out to, godly, I would say probably 600 stations. Nice. I heard back from four, four out of 600. Omaha, Nebraska, Tyler, Texas, Lincoln, Nebraska, in uh, 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 Victoria, excuse me, Victoria, Texas, and Jacksonville. So, you know, all these places, the only one that hired me was um, Little Rock, Arkansas. Actually, oh, wow. I forgot to mention that. So wow. I ended up that's going, a, it, from, going from LA to Little Rock, Arkansas, that's like night and day, <laughs> to say the least. A culture shock, night and day, what, you know, to pretty much any two opposites you can think of was what it was. So um, I got hired, but thanks to Little Rock for taking a chance on me. Nice. Um, because at that point, I was a 31-year-old washed-up reality star <laughs> that, you know, that I was like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? So I do appreciate them for taking That's a chance. That's really cool. That's really cool. And that shows your 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 drive and your tenacity that you sent out to like 600 stations. And yeah, I that totally sounds believable. That's kind of what you have to do if you are trying to get into a career like that, which I would imagine is incredibly competitive and also you're brand new. So that's like what you have to do to, to make that happen. So that's really cool that you were that aggressive about it. And that's why you're where you're at now. So that's like, kudos to you. That's awesome. Thank you. Yes, you definitely. Well, you know, Lacey, the thing that prepped me for that was living in LA when I was in my early twenties going on auditions. 
rejection is basically the name of the game. So right. I was like, since I endured all that rejection in my early 20s, then when I got into my early 30s, was trying to get in this field, I was like, oh, another rejection letter. I was just kind of laughing at it by that point. I was like, okay, well, you know, like they say, every rejection is closer to acceptance. Exactly, so, yeah. I was like, all right, well, gosh, these are a lot of rejections. Uh, you know, something will eventually turn up and it did. So I was at a station in Little Rock for a year, then at a station for Tyler, Texas for a couple of years. And then Sacramento, I'm at a, I was at a station here. Uh, I got hired at a station here about two to two and a half years ago. So that's, that's kind of awesome. it. awesome. And so you're on, on camera at the local news affiliate in Sacramento. Is that correct? Absolutely. I'm, I work for ABC 10 and I'm on the morning show. So basically... Around this time is when I'm starting to get sleepy because Lacey, I have to be up at 2 a.m. every morning. Wow. Our, mor- our morning show is from 4.30 in the morning to 7. So it's brutal hours. Brutal I, love, hours. I love news morning, local news morning shows. It doesn't matter what city. So I'm, I am completely nocturnal. I'm such a night owl. So usually I'm going to bed watching the, the day's morning show. That's usually how it works for me. So I, I love watching them because there's always like, you can tell they're exhausted, delirious, jacked up on caffeine. And they're always so freaking funny. All, that's like my favorite news to watch. If you're going to watch local news, you got to watch the morning, morning news. They're hilarious. It is hilarious or cheesy, one or the other. You oh no, know? It's, it's amazing! I love it. Definitely, not, definitely, I like it's gold TV. <laughs> and I got to say too, the nice thing about morning shows is the morning show family is re- it's really like a family. The morning show cast because I've worked like you know on the night uh, evening news and the late news, and it's family as well in another sense. But it's really that morning show camaraderie with everyone joking around, like you said, and having fun with one another. It's a, it's just really an unbreakable bond that you share. So I love it. I've been on the morning show for about, gosh, about nine months going on a year now. Uh, and I, I've survived because it was amazing. hard because I'm like you, Lacey. I'm a total night owl. I'm always up until 3 a.m. every night. And I, I, I sleep and wake up at around 11 a.m. every yeah. day. So I had to com- pull a complete 180 wow. with my schedule, with Ugh. my... It, it's brutal, but Sounds I like wouldn't it. change it for anything. I'm, I'm so happy to work at my station and blessed to be there. I love it so much. Well, Kevin, congratulations on everything. That all sounds amazing. I'm super happy for you. And I know you mentioned this last time, but just in case they missed it, how can everybody find you on social media? Absolutely. You can find me on social media. It's all it's all consistent for you. It's at Hey Kevin John. Hey H-E-Y. Kevin John, and it's on everything Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Hey Kevin John. Look me up, send me a shout out, tell me hello. I'll say hello back. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you again so much for coming on, not only once, but twice. It was so much fun, and I, I appreciate you so much. And uh, I wish you nothing but amazing, wonderful success. Thank you so much, Lacey. And I just want to tell you, I really appreciate it. As you know from doing, uh, reality shows. You go on a lot of podcasts, and you know every. You know you, you've been interviewed probably a gazillion times since Rock of Love. You by far have been the best host that oh. I've ever. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your your like I really mean that. You are phenomenal. You ask great questions. Um, you're a great listener, and um, I'm just so glad that you created this platform for other people to come. So thank you, Lacey. Keep rocking on. No pun intended. Really appreciate you saying that. That's so nice. Well, thanks again. And I I will talk to you, I'm sure, again soon in the future. Sounds good, Lacey. (laughs) Bye, Kevin. Adios. Bye, guys. Love you. All right. 
That was so much fun. Definitely, that would be like my top five favorite interviews. What a great guy. It's really interesting too. Sometimes you come across people who are are quite opposite of you in a lot of ways. And, you know, I, I love the fact that I could still have that much of a connection with somebody that, you know, we maybe have like different beliefs and things or different philosophies about life. But, you know, overall, he is just such a good dude and such positive energy. And, and that's what I'm all about. So that was really fun. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. In a few days from now, I will have another episode of Love of Talk up for you guys. Again, two videos, one week. That's to show you how much I love you. <laughs> I also want to give a shout out to the contributors. You guys have been so amazing and so supportive and you guys are the ones that have made this podcast happen. So a big thank you to all of the contributors. If you're interested in becoming a contributor or if you just wanna see what kinds of rewards are being offered, be sure to check out the website, which is talkoflove.net. And from there, you can look at all the rewards and we have t-shirts for sale and all kinds of other stuff. So definitely be sure to check that out. And uh, I will see you guys back here next Monday. I'm really excited for next week's guest on Talk of Love. I'm going to be interviewing Beverly from Rock of Love Bus. And that's going to be a really good one. So you'll definitely want to check that out. Thank you guys so much for your continued support. Thank you for all your kind comments and your, your likes and your views. You guys are the best. I appreciate you all so much. Much love to all of you. And uh, until I see you next time, take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones, be safe, and don't threaten me with a good time. Bye, guys.